the road to consciousness we will figure out how consciousness works it is the biggest mystery in human history how can we know so much about the universe and the things around us although we don't know as much as we think but the one fundamental thing that we haven't solved is how do we have such a rich internal subjective experience of life in our heads how does that arise from the physical brain we have no idea uh, where, where or how it all comes together in our heads we're going to do it by a method where we're going to look at multiple disciplines and multiple pieces of evidence and put them in two buckets one knowledge which is justified true belief we have enough data we have enough evidence that we can classify it as knowledge two we're going to have to make some assumptions where we don't have all the evidence we would like or as much as we'd like or there's competing theories and we just have to choose one to move forwards otherwise we'll go around in circles today i wanted to talk about altered states of consciousness <laughs> i'm surprised i haven't talked about this yet normally when you hear a lecture or, you, or a talk on consciousness it's one of the first things they cover because it's a pretty big data point right now you most likely unless you're under the influence of something have a pretty steady state of consciousness this is the one that is most predominant and it's active during the day when you're awake and you're having a stream of experience um, when it heads towards nighttime and you go to sleep that consciousness state lowers to the point where it's passive you're not actively conscious although in terms of measuring the brain waves that we have this gives us some indication of the state of consciousness and it's actually the brain waves we're measuring because multiple parts of the brain are essentially functioning at once and they're producing that wave life like effect that we can measure it's actually quite tiny in comparison to some of the other things that we used to like the electromagnetic wave frequency um it's to the hertz actually it's 10 to 20 i think 20 to 30 is the steady state uh, and when you're active in an activity or you're doing a lot of thinking, you can go up to about 100 hertz. Uh, when you're sleeping, coincidentally, depending on the phase of sleep that you're in, because you actually go through four phases of sleep during the night. And that deep sleep that you get to, I think is actually after the, the REM sleep, the rapid eye movement. One of those two registers, I think probably the rapid eye movement, at the same 100 hertz you do when you're actually very active in the brain. So... Even when you're sleeping, you're not fully unconscious, but you're not conscious. So I call it a passive consciousness. There's definitely things happening in your brain. Uh, it's just that you're not, you're not aware of those. And obviously, dreaming is also a big one. In fact, we don't even fully know why we sleep. That's quite fascinating to me that we haven't figured that part out. There's multiple theories as to why... Um, the big one that we rejuvenate, you know, the six to eight hours of sleep is something you really need for your body to function. The other one is that it's for developmental. Uh, we do reduce growth hormone. Uh, we do produce, sorry, growth hormone when we're sleeping, and you know, our body is actually building when we're sleeping. Um, and this is why young children sleep more. Uh, they need more sleep because they're growing much more rapidly. So that's another theory. The other one is that it forms actually our long-term memory. So our hippocampus can store memory for one or two days. And that's really our short-term memory. It needs to be stored somewhere in the longer term. We don't know exactly where it's stored. It's distributed across different parts of the, of the brain, actually. 
But the other theory is that that's the time when we're sleeping that it actually forms, depending on the emotional significance, it forms those memories. Uh, there's other theories as well that I've heard, but those I think are the big three. It's probably a combination of all of those of why we sleep. Why we why we dream is also really, really fascinating. <laughs> we don't have a good idea of why we dream. Obviously, our dreams are pretty... I would say, I mean, we all have these dreams that aren't... It's it's like an altered sense of reality. It's almost as if there's random areas of our brain being triggered and neurons firing, which pieces together some kind of reality that isn't overly... You know, you can have those weird dreams or it's just not what we... And I don't want to say even weird because for us, we, we stitch together our own reality, but it's pretty mostly in our some kind of comfort zone i mean we because of our experience and the way that we develop as kids that developmental period we form a really hard understanding of reality is i mean object persistence is a big thing and up to about six years old you don't have object persistence that i.e you don't know that objects stay where they are that's why peekaboo works really well with young children when they see you disappear, they think you're not there anymore. So even that part of reality is something that from the empiricist state or sense, yeah, we learn so much of reality as our neurons initially bind that it gets ingrained. Every time you wake up and you see the same type of reality, it could be your house or understanding or whatever, or you go to work, whatever, all of this just continuously reinforces from the time you're a kid to the age you are now, that reality is something you see pretty specifically in a certain way, right? Uh, when you dream, that reality is a little bit different than what you're used to. It's, I suspect it's more of a random thing. <laughs> I think it's just random parts of your brain that fire and puts together some kind of dream. And when you wake up, it's really strange. You very rarely remember that dream after the first... For me, it's like a minute. Like I, And I can kind of piece it together um and i don't remember the full thing and then it just really goes away because it's not it's not even a memory that you're reliving you're not reliving an experience particularly it's stitching together come some kind of different areas of experience so anyway dreams are really strange um but sleeping is definitely a passive state of consciousness other states can come about by uh, anesthesia which affects the retinal formation part which is a part just above your brainstem that actually is a pretty good gauge of your how conscious you are and by affecting chemically that area it puts you in an in anesthesia which anesthesia is much deeper than sleep you're you're essentially unconscious at that point and you and you don't have any recollection or any memory or anything happening until you you re uh, get back to an active uh, consciousness state so that's an interesting one and the other one, big one is uh, chemically altering your brain either through drugs or pharmaceutical or not um, lsd being the most one of the common hallucinogens it definitely gives you an altered state of consciousness you see a reality again and it's it's interesting you just you see a reality that you're not used to it's a different reality it's not a weird reality because reality itself is weird it's a different reality than when you're used to and <coughs> excuse me given your brain 
is a prediction machine. Whenever you start seeing something that is a different reality, it's you're predict you're you're seeing something you're not used to. You're seeing something that is just strange, uh, and that's why your brain has a hard time reconciling it. Uh, alcohol sort of does this. Marijuana does this to to things like time. Uh, definitely, the high that you get, you're in a state of consciousness that is just not that steady state. And anytime you're not in a steady state, it obviously it feels weird. Uh, you see things that aren't necessarily true. You feel things that aren't necessarily true. Your senses go in weird ways. And this is another indication of how much we stitch together our reality. Our, our minds and our brains really put together what we feel and experience in our consciousness. So as soon as that altered, and it's very easy to alter. <laughs> this is what gets me. Like It's not hard to put some chemicals in your brain. And all it is is putting chemicals in the right neurotransmitters uh to alter the state of of how you feel even pharmaceutical drugs um it's it has a big effect like prozac and things like that uh these are all uh, affecting your serotonin neurotransmitter and it's basically either binding to receptors so that serotonin can't bind or it's inhibiting the reuptake, which means normally when neurotransmitters come out of the uh, presynaptic uh, cleft, they they spew a whole bunch of neurotransmitters, and the the receptors don't actually like they bind, but there's extra left over. So if you and there's the um, the gl- the glial cells, I believe they are, they come by the uh, astrocytes. Uh, astrocytes they come by and they clean up the excess serotonin for instance when you take something like prozac it inhibits that reuptake and so there's free form serotonin so even though the receptors are binding and using them there's just more there and that serotonin continues to bind for longer and you just don't feel as depressed for instance so these are all altering your brain states in some kind of way i don't know if it's mind or brain states to be honest i guess you're chemically altering your brain states but what happens to your mind is fascinating it's it then gets that altered sense of of a non-steady state consciousness and this is what we refer to when we're saying um altering states of consciousness i guess the big question is what is it telling us (laughs) It might not be telling us anything we don't already know. So there's levels of consciousness. We know that you can be active, you can be passive, you can have it some kind of altered, you can go under anesthesia and completely be unconscious. Okay, so there's definitely levels of consciousness. Um, And there's also a very big stitching of reality in our brains. We know this. It doesn't have to be altered states of consciousness. There is so many... Every time I watch something about consciousness... This area of, I don't know if you've seen the the perception awareness or the black and gold dress or you hear a sound and it sounds whistled and muffled and then they'll play it for you in a little bit more clearer state. And once your brain gets used to what the words in the sound are, next time they play the same muffled sound, it makes, you can, your brain pieces it together. Um, and it does this visually very well as well. Uh, even hitting a, hitting a tennis ball your brain essentially it would be very weird because your sensory data coming in the visual and the audio and even the feeling of the vibration to your hand your brain stitches all that together so when you hit the ball everything is in synchronous (laughs) and that's just one example uh there's so many examples out there that you can look up so we definitely understand that 
it's not free form we don't just take in all this sense data and all of a sudden everything is like as as it comes in no there's definitely some kind of buffer for computer people out there we don't know where that buffer happens we don't know where the stitching happens but it definitely happens and then it projects something to our mind which is essentially that 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 whole piece of our reality but it does fill in the blanks and there's definitely visual also things that people do and sometimes that highlights what those blanks are that your brain is doing so it's very good at giving us a a stream of experience so that we don't feel it would be really weird if maybe it wouldn't be weird maybe it would be weird to us because we only used to this steady state reality this steady state consciousness but it's very good at f- forming a stream and i believe that is because of the the how fast it does it we 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 sense things in seconds like our experience is in seconds but what's happening underlyingly now it's I, I believe it's 250 milliseconds to have a conscious thought so you're having about four every second but I suspect the initial phases of sensation to perception to experience happen so rapidly that that stitching together happens so fast that we just don't feel it. Uh, and we've evolved specifically not to feel it, not to have to worry about all of the little things in reality so that we can experience it at such a high level um, so that we enjoy part of it, I guess. <laughs> We don't have to worry about all the lower level functions. I think we talked about this. Abstraction is a thing. Uh, the reality is abstracted away. The micro reality is abstracted away so well. Uh, and yeah, look around us. Like we don't see atoms. We don't see molecules. We don't see all the cells in our body. We don't feel all the cells in our body. We don't feel any of the cells in our body. <clears throat> we don't even feel any of the organs specifically. Everything's abstracted away so that we can have a rich conscious experience. Uh, and I don't think enjoyment's the right word because the universe doesn't care about enjoyment. <laughs> I'm not sure our pleasure is one of the purposes of, of... I mean, I think individually we should try and enjoy our experiences and have a, the best objective experience possible, sure. But I'm not sure from an objective reality sense that enjoyment was top of the list. Now that would indicate that maybe I'm I'm saying we're, there's some sort of grand design and and purpose, or maybe there is, maybe there isn't. I mean, being a nihilist is perfectly acceptable. You could say there is no purpose. Uh, we're born, we're born of this earth and physical, and we just happen to have evolved to have a good, fun, enjoyment experience. Hopefully, and that's it. We will die and we'll go back to the earth. You could also argue about theology that how could we have such a rich, integrate complex and complicated universe ourselves being prize of the complications in our head and our bodies and and fascinating life it has to have some kind of purpose and we didn't talk much about theology i don't believe but you know whether it's a divine god or another god or even purpose of of uh, intelligent design whatever the purpose points to i'm not sure it was overly about pleasure but there's something about the happiness factor and the enjoyment that definitely enhances our survival but there's always a balance you don't want to have too much enjoyment or pleasure but there's always a balance in life um but moving away from pain is definitely something that's there Um, you could argue that that's because of survival again we don't anything that's painful might lead to our death (laughs) anything pleasurable might keep us alive this is why Carbs are so tasty, in my opinion. 
they're highly caloric and same with fats uh there's four gram every four grams uh is a wait every every gram is four calories of carbs i'm a little bit uh i forgot all my nutritional stuff but every every gram is four calories every gram of protein is four calories carbs just taste so much better because they're sugar um and every gram of fat is is nine calories so the higher the you know we evolved to have to take in more calories because of our big brains and we definitely have evolved to try and keep us alive through doing pleasurable activities and obviously reproducing and eating good and stuff anyway i'm going off topic um so that's altered states of consciousness again i'm not i'm not sure it tells us a lot that we don't already know that's not already there but we hadn't talked about it does it tell us how consciousness works sort of uh it tells us how it behaves for sure um but we all know we all experience how consciousness behaves we've all slept certainly hope so um you can't go more than three or four days without sleeping uh we've all i mean some of us have experienced altered states chemically um most of us has been under anesthesia so that experience again it's a chemical thing it tells us a lot about the chemical brain and it's all chemical and emotional significance is also a chemical thing so chemistry might be actually much more at least biochemistry may be much more key to this and maybe we need to talk about biochemistry specifically i want to touch on one quick thing that i was thinking about though before we head out Everything in life, everything in the universe, I should say, is by the principle of basic building blocks. There's there's four, there's two quarks um, and the neutrino that are the fundamental particles of the universe and everything is built on those. And then even at the atomic level, there's protons and, and neutrons. Everything is built on the number of protons and neutrons. You can have a vast array of of molecules and it's just crazy and then same with like hydrocarbons uh organic chemistry carbon being such a good binder to to itself and to hydrogen basically we are hydrocarbon machines and there's millions and millions of combinations but it's all from the same building blocks same with our brains there's a set of neurons there's three different types of neurons there's many different types of neurons sorry there's three different ways of i don't know can't uh, find the right word here but there's a certain set of types of neurons and they all have dendrites they all have axons but they're all made from a very similar starting point it's just the way that they bind it's the way the configuration pieces interact with each other through the synapses and the way that the neurotransmitters chemically exchange that gives us this full array of dimensions of vastness of our patterns of behavior and attributes and consciousness and all of that so i don't know what the principle is called i'll have to look it up but whatever principle of starting from a basic set of building blocks and then building things from that and it's such a crazy amount like obviously look at everything in the universe built from similar like reductionist to the to particle physics and then go on to chemistry even that is just phenomenal you know, with 118 elements just built by the same foundation. Hey, you alter the number of protons and, and even neurons, uh, neutrons, sorry. Um, and it changes what chemical it is. Like, this is insane. 
So the same principle works for our physical bodies and some physical and same for the brain. So that might be something to deep dive and figure out what about that principle gives us all of what we experience. 